0: welcome to my podcast.
1: I'm Connie. I'm a certified nutritionist and personal trainer and I live on a small hobby farm. I have a huge passion for bodybuilding, but I don't fall into the typical bodybuilding mold. The naysayers, they can have their bro science. Yep, I said it. I'm a natural health and nutrition nerd. Some would call me a granola, but that couldn't be further from the wrong word. I stay away from the typical processed standard American diet and I don't eat granola. I created this podcast to share my health journey and the many things I've learned in my quest to find what it takes to live a mindful, happy, balanced life for all humans, not just athletes. I hope to help you discover your inner nerd and help you make some hefty deposits into your knowledge bank account that can help you
0: crack your health code. Fatigue, brain fog, muscle and joint aches that were really bad. Like I woke up every morning feeling like I was 80 hair loss, dry eyes and hair weight issues. It was so hard to stay on top of it. And I'm someone that, you know, I have been a nutrition coach. I know exactly what I'm doing. I knew I was eating the same macros. I knew I was doing everything I should. And it was just all over the place for no rhyme or reason. Temperature intolerance, low libido, Heart palpitations that were super scary, I'd be sitting there not working out, watching TV, and my heart would start racing. Shortness of breath, um, thrush on my tongue, night sweats, skin rashes, sleep issues, hormone imbalance, numb hands. Like, I'd be driving, and my hands would go numb, and then my arms would start going numb.
1: Hey everybody, and here we are again, another episode of the Fit Farming Food Mom podcast. As always, I'm your host, Connie, and today we have a conversation with Gretchen Tsang. She is one of the thousands of women who had suffered from breast implant illness So Gretchen walks us through her journey today as she discovered she had breast implant illness and having to have her um, breast implants removed. And so she walks us through all that and what the signs and symptoms were and how she came to the conclusion that that is what she was suffering from. She also explains what it was like post-surgery how soon it was before she started feeling like herself again, and then also just some tips and tricks for women that think they may be experiencing this. So, this is a really important conversation to have because many women are suffering from breast implant illness and it can be a really tricky thing to diagnose. So, anyway, today Gretchen's gonna come on and tell her story. I'm so thankful for that. Before we get going here, if you could hit the pause button and like and subscribe and follow my podcast, also share it with your friends, share it with your family, sharing is caring, and it helps me get this information out there to other people. Uh, So if you could do that, I would be so appreciative. Without further ado, here is Gretchen Singh. Well, I'm so excited to have you on here. So before we get going too crazy, how about you tell all the listeners um, a little bit about yourself? Um, And today you're going to tell your story about having breast implant illness.
0: Yeah, I'm um, a functional nutritional therapy practitioner um, and have been doing nutrition for about 16 years and then went back like two years ago to get the functional, the FNTP certification. Um, But nutrition pretty much started for me, I think, in college, because I'd been sick since fifth grade, and we didn't know what was going on. And it took until I was 21 to figure out that it was autoimmune diseases. Um, And the doctor that finally did figure it out really encouraged me to investigate nutrition's impact on health. So that's where it all started. For me um, personally, and then I didn't get into it as a career until my son was two. Um, but that's usually I find people in this industry get started with their own personal health journeys, and that's where it started for me. And then it was one year ago this weekend that I flew back to California to have my breast implants removed. So it's pretty much my one-year explant anniversary that we're doing this, um, and. I, I kind of always knew it wasn't really intuitively I knew I shouldn't have gotten them and just kind of pushed that aside and, and did go ahead and get implants. And then it took, it took a while to figure out that they were a big part of the problem as I'm sure we'll get into when we, when we talk about all this, but yeah, I spent last night looking through my own Instagram stories because it's kind of nice that a year after your explant, you kind of forget what all of your symptoms were. You kind of forget how bad you used to feel and I'm doing a lot better now.
1: That's amazing. And, you know, it's funny how we as humans forget these rough patches that we have in life. I mean, you can kind of relate that to childbirth, I guess, like
0: at the time,
1: I I don't know myself when I, I had my children naturally and I can tell you one thing. Uh, no, I didn't do pain medications and things. I can tell you one thing after both of them, I was like, I am never doing this again. This was horrible. <laughs> Um, And then guess what? You do it again. So yeah, I um, was the
0: same. I did the same as far as childbirth goes. No pain meds.
1: Yep. So anyway, this is a really interesting topic because there are more and more explant cases happening. It's becoming more and more common. They are seeing people's bodies completely reject having implants. So yeah, and I've
0: had several clients that have gone through the explant process also. So I've been able to work with them it's generally they come to me with other health issues. And then you kind of just have to feel around because it is a very sensitive subject. You know, um, people feel very strongly about their implants. So I just kind of have to drip on them. Just keep it in the back of your mind that this could be what's going on. And we'll try to work on things other ways. And if certain things don't get better, it's I found that eventually people go so... I kind of watched some of those videos you told me about and I'm thinking maybe that is the problem. And then I know, okay, we can start getting into this now because it's a hot topic for people. It's it's a difficult thing to broach because people have strong feelings about them.
1: Yeah. And then, you know, also the investment, there's so many other things like you've got (laughs) your look, you've also got um your investment you're like oh my gosh I yeah. spent so much money yeah. on this and now I'm going to spend more money and have it removed
0: it literally cost more money to have my implants removed than put in and that is uh, a hard pill to swallow because <laughs> yeah thinking, this is I mean you spend what like I, I think I spent about 10 to get them put in and then it was 12 8 to get them taken out and I'm thinking that's like $23,000. My family could have spent on other things, you know, and mm-hmm. not, not to mention the health implications that I dealt with. So yeah, that was a bit of, it, it's guilt inducing, but yeah.
1: But you know, such is life, we, we all have these, like you said in the back of your mind, you knew there was something wrong, but you did it anyway, you know, mm-hmm. and uh, mm-hmm. uh, You know, such is life, right? We all have these defining moments where we make an incorrect choice, which is okay. But then we learn so much from it in the end. And now you are helping others understand their own journeys if they may be running into something like this. So, um, yeah, Yeah, it was definitely
0: an emotional thing to get over. I remember telling, when I told my parents I was going to have them removed. It's so funny because my parents are very respectful They never gave me a hard time when I said I was getting them. I knew they didn't want me to. You just kind of know how your parents feel, you know? And of course, I'm an adult and a mom and a wife, but I'm still thinking, oh, what are my parents going to think, you know? And when I told them I was getting them removed, my parents were like, awesome. We're so glad we never wanted those in you. When can we be there? We'll be there to take care of you. I mean, they were so supportive because they were like, get them out.
1: (laughs) Yeah, that's that is and I said, i
0: I made a bad decision. And my mom helped. She's like, look, you have made very few bad decisions in your life. So you made one. Let's move forward. I'm like, yeah, true. I love
1: that. So go ahead and get us started with your story and how this all manifested, because, you know, yeah. a lot, of, you know, that's the other difficult thing in this society. There's so much illness anyways, um, especially now with the standard American diet, you have people suffering from more and more autoimmune disease, more and more things manifesting from, um, you know, gut issues and every other thing. So there, that's a, yes. a, a huge road to navigate.
0: Yes. Well, and I'm trying to think, I think how I first heard about it was probably Instagram. I saw something that Carissa Pukas had put out or someone had posted something that she had done. She's on YouTube. And so I went on YouTube and watched her video about her journey with breast implant illness and just was, oh my gosh, my mind started Uh racing because I thought, I think this is possibly what's going on with me. Now a lot of the symptoms really are symptoms that can cross over with other illnesses. So it's really hard to know what, okay, is it breast implant illness? Is this an autoimmune condition? Is it both of them? It's, you know, that's the hard thing with all of this is you really are taking a leap of faith. There is no test that you can take that says, yep, you have breast implant illness, you're going to get them removed and things are going to get better. So I ultimately started just doing research. I watched her video and then I went on, um, I got on the Facebook group called breast implant illness and healing with Nicole. So really long name. But at the time, I think there were just, there were like 50,000 people on that Facebook page. And I honestly haven't been on it much because it's just not a huge, I kind of know what to do to get over this. I know what to do to detox. So it's not part of my everyday anymore. Um, But there are tens of thousands more women on that Facebook page now. So you know, it's a big issue. And you know that the words getting out which is exciting but um, I learned a lot there I learned a lot about okay I think what's going on you know other people's stories they're really um, generous to post them because it is helpful to hear hear what other people have gone through um, there were several women on there that were diagnosed with MS and then had their implants removed and they're like I clearly don't have MS because I'm fine now which is amazing um, And then there are other women that are on there that did end up getting cancer as a result of their implants, the textured implants. So it's interesting. I encourage anyone that thinks they may be going through this to get on those Facebook pages and just start reading people's stories and see if they resonate with you, see if they sound like you. But I mean, I made a list of my symptoms That I was experiencing when I first thought, okay, I think I might be going through this because I wanted to document everything so that I could, once I made the decision to get them removed, so that I could go through them and say, okay, what's improved, what hasn't. And I did that periodically, Um, but this is, I'll just go through it. So, you know, I had fatigue, brain fog, muscle and joint aches that were really bad. Like I woke up every morning feeling like I was 80, hair loss, dry eyes and hair weight issues, it was so hard to stay on top of it. And I'm someone that, you know, I have been a nutrition coach. I know exactly what I'm doing. I knew I was eating the same macros. I knew I was doing everything I should. And it was just all over the place for no rhyme or reason. Temperature intolerance, low libido, heart palpitations that were super scary. I'd be sitting there not working out watching TV and my heart would start racing. Shortness of breath, um, thrush on my tongue, night sweats, skin rashes, sleep issues, hormone imbalance, numb hands. Like I'd be driving and my hands would go numb. And then my arms would start going numb. Itchy breasts, which sounds really funny, but my breasts would itch all the time. Cold, discolored hands and feet, dizziness, frequent urination, neck pain, nail ridges. All of a sudden my nails had these deep ridges in them eye swelling, vision disturbances. I couldn't detox, um, digestive issues, food intolerances, chemical sensitivities, candida, throat clearing. Like I couldn't stop to clear my throat. It was all the time. I had difficulty swallowing to the point where I went and got an ultrasound on my neck to find out what was going on. they're like, nothing, you look fine. Just overall inflammation. I have hypothyroid. So that was just, something that we'd have to test every like six weeks because my meds would just keep changing Um, adrenal issues and that's pretty much where those (laughs) stop but that's a lot of symptoms that are confusing and you don't know what they're due to and like I said a lot of them okay overlap with some of my autoimmune issues but nothing where you you should be able to control your health especially with how ridiculously well I took care of myself and it just wasn't working so I don't know man that's so
1: and like you said where is you have autoimmune like a lot of those symptoms are autoimmune related as well so getting right. down to what was actually causing you disturbance must have been an, an extreme challenge
0: and it was because like I said I had many of those symptoms beforehand but they weren't as bad and they weren't just as all over the place. I was controlled prior to the implants. And again, I didn't attribute it to the implants for a while. I mean, I had them for six and a half years before I had them removed. And I think, I think it was at the five-year point where I started realizing this whole breast implant illness thing was probably going on, but I was very careful about which surgeon I went to. Um, You want to do your research and you want to make sure that you get, if you're going to have them removed, what's called an M block and total capsulectomy. When you get an implant or when you have anything put into your body, your body forms a capsule around it. It looks just like your body basically starts growing tissue around it to protect itself from the foreign body. And when you have these implants removed, you want to get that capsule taken out with them. So you don't want to cut into it. They, I mean, when you start doing research, you'll see pictures of them. And you want that entire capsule taken out with the implant in one piece, and then they will cut the implant open after they've removed them to make sure that there's not been any ruptures or tears or anything going on with the actual implant. And that's how you protect your body from it, because if you go online and see any of these surgeries where they haven't done that and the implants have ruptured, silicone implants, um, you'll see this just Goo and gel leaking all into the body, and when that happens, it's very difficult to remove it all, so you really want to get that entire capsule out and then open it so that your body doesn't have that residual silicone in it for forever,
1: yeah, otherwise you're just um keeping those same chemicals and things that were irritating you before
0: yes um and, and
1: so you yeah,
0: yeah, I mean and it it has even happened when. You know you cut the the typical way to remove an implant prior to all of this prior to this knowledge becoming you know or this becoming known to surgeons was they would cut open the capsule pop the implant out and then leave the capsule in there they said the capsules dissolve they take care of themselves you don't need to worry about it well it's been proven that doesn't happen because there have been many women that have had their implants removed and by cutting it open those chemicals that have leached into the capsule are now open and leach into the body. And a lot of women get sick afterwards if that, you know, capsule has been left in there. So the surgeon that I went to, a lot of what he does is just going in there and removing those capsules and years later, and he's like, clearly they haven't dissolved. They're still right here. Um, so it's really important to remove those. And I've had a couple of friends, um, have their implants replaced, um, trying to be proactive because they say they last 10 years and I don't know where that number comes from because I think all of our bodies handle things differently. But now that they've known, they've said, okay, I want my capsule taken out and then they'll get new implants put in. So at least they have that knowledge. And my whole thing is I don't judge anyone for having implants, but I just want people to be educated so that they know if something starts happening, that it might be breast implant illness. And if they decide that they do want to replace their implants, that they know how to go about it as safely as possible.
1: Yeah. Or even those considering having um, breast augmentation, just knowing that there is a risk involved um, is a great thing as well, because if you jump into it blindly and then find out later and you're like, well, I wish I would have known,
0: Absolutely. you know, I think any, any sort of medical intervention, you need to have informed consent. So people need to know what could happen. Um, Yeah, I 100% agree that that's a huge, huge part of it as well.
1: So when you started to think that you had possibly the symptoms of this, um, did you seek out this surgeon and then go directly to him? Or was there a process involved with other doctors?
0: I started to... um, Just do research through the internet, through Facebook groups. Um, And I had a pretty good idea that I wanted to. I went to Dr. Um, Jay Chun in Newport Beach. And the funny irony of it all is that he shares a parking lot with the surgeon that put my implants in. (laughs) Oh, Oh, wow. Ironic and funny. Um, But I did know that I wanted to go to him because he's um, at the time there were. Three top explant surgeons in the world, and he was one of them. And I do have tie. Th- I mean, I had them put in new Newport Beach. I've since moved to Idaho, but I have some um, family and friends down there, and I just felt comfortable going to him with his expertise. I was willing to wait for him. At the time, I think I got on his list in September, and I had a surgery date of the following June. So there was what felt like a long waiting period at that time. Um it since got moved up to April. But I mean, when I finished having my surgery, I think the wait time, they weren't even putting people on there was a wait list for the wait list. Cause he was booked out like a year and a half. But Oh wow. I know, I know. And there were a lot of, I mean Chances are people got moved up a couple of months. That's how it typically worked. But I I wanted to wait for him because of his expertise. He was a microsurgeon, which is he just had special skills for getting them out. And people said that he had what they called butterfly hands, that he's very gentle so that the recovery tends to be a lot easier and I had, he had us take Celebrex and I took regular extra strength Tylenol afterhand, but uh, afterward, but I never had to take any hard narcotics, which it was amazing.
1: Wow. So you call him up, you make an appointment and you just were like, I want to have these out.
0: Yeah. As soon as I kind of thought <laughs> this might be going on, I made the decision to have them removed and thought, okay, I'm going to get on his list because I at least want to get my, myself in the queue. And if anything changes, then whatever. I'm always big on keeping my options open. So I at least wanted to be on the queue so that I had it coming if I truly a hundred percent wanted to do it. Um, and I kind of knew that I, I did want to, but, um, then I just spent time preparing my body, just trying to keep my body as healthy as possible while I was waiting. Um, there's some important things that I think all people with implants need to know. And that is that when you have a lot of people go, well, have contacted me and said, well, I have saline. And I think a lot of people don't understand that regardless if you have saline or silicone implants, they both have a silicone shell. So no matter what you have silicone in your body, so you need to be really careful about heating your body. Um, I was saunaing like crazy because I thought that was great for detox. And then when I heard that, I thought, oh my gosh, I think I'm making myself more sick. So I made sure that I didn't take any saunas um, while the implants were in. I took baths, detox baths all the time, but I would never put um, submerge my implants in water. I wouldn't go in a hot tub and submerge them. Um, I would do red light therapy, but I became very conscious of not heating my implants, especially in like a far infrared sauna because that heats your body from the inside out. So you're really heating those implants. And it's... I encourages their breakdown, which you definitely don't want to have happen. Um, And also implants tend to be permeable, which I think a lot of people don't realize. And you'll see pictures of silicone implants coming out or saline implants coming out. And there's foreign bodies inside of the implants, which you think, how is that even possible? They're not supposed to be permeable, but you'll see mold inside of them calcifications inside of them so somehow they are permeable
1: wow that's pretty incredible yeah so you call and make the appointment you get on the list so do you have to go in for a consultation first or how does that work
0: um no i think you do phone consultations um and actually right now he's it's kind of a sad time for people waiting for their explants because. Last I heard, I think some of them might even be getting canceled. I think the surgery centers might be closed right now, but um, he's doing everything by phone at the Mm -hmm. current time. I never saw him in person until two days before my surgery. So we'd communicated via phone and email.
1: Okay. Okay. yeah. I was just curious because if people are not local to him, you know, he's obviously well sought after um what that process looks like
0: the majority i think the majority of his clients aren't local so um the process was it was it was difficult to figure out things like okay how long do i stay after my surgery you know you get he uses drains so you do have drains put in and he wants you to stay there i think a week after surgery so i ended up being there for about 14 days um But my drains did come out in two days after surgery, which was kind of good. But I wanted to give myself some time to adjust there and all of that. So I think most people plan for a two-week stay, 10 days to two-week stays. There are people that have left after like five to seven days after surgery. Um, It just depends on how well your body heals, how well you follow the post-surgery instructions, which are to not move your arms. Um, much more like you kind of want to be a T-Rex. You don't want to move your elbows up at all, your hands above your head. So the less you can move, the less you're going to produce fluid. And then everything goes off of getting those drains off, goes off of how much liquid comes out in those drains. So he wanted there to be, I think, no more than 30 milliliters in a 24-hour period combined between each breast. So, there's people that don't listen or are trying to do a lot of things and end up getting a lot of drainage, and those drains have to stay in for a long time, and they're kind of a pain they're not horrible, but it's a pain to have tubes coming out of your breasts um, yeah, I can imagine you know? <laughs> um, yeah so i I mean, it is difficult for people that have young children. I can't even imagine you know how difficult it would be to not hold your kids but it's a short-term thing. Your kids are not going to even remember it happening when they're that young. So you just have to kind of listen to them and do what they say.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, so once you got them out and you were in recovery, how soon before you started to feel better and you realized that it was definitely the implants that was causing ear distress?
0: Um it's pretty incredible. If you go on my Instagram, you'll see I have highlights for, I think, explant, no, I think breast implant illness, explant, and then breast implant illness detox one and two. I've created some highlights so people can go on there and kind of follow along the journey. But within a few hours of getting out of surgery, the color of my skin and my eyes had started to change. And it's so crazy when you see... People post those pictures and I always thought, oh, they're in different lighting. They're in different whatever, you know, I was a little skeptical myself and I had forgotten growing up how light green my eyes were because they've gotten to a very dark green color, which if you look into like certain Chinese medicines and things like that, they talk about your, um, just pretty how, how toxic. You are relates to the color of your eyes. My eyes instantly lightened Um, the whites of my eyes got a lot whiter and my skin had this, I used to call it my Oompa Loompa color. I was embarrassed and I just thought, Oh, I eat a lot of carrots, even though my palms aren't orange, you know, and people would always say you look like you've had a tan, but it looked kind of like a fake tan that was gone within a few hours. So my color returned to normal. And the next morning, when I woke up, my joints didn't hurt. And I guess I didn't realize just how much they'd been hurting until they didn't. So wow, that's pretty incredible. immediate. Um, the other things kind of got better more slowly, but those two were absolutely immediate.
1: Wow. That's crazy. I mean, within hours, you're talking, this is that's yes. crazy. And
0: the shortness of breath is something that um, a lot of people will say immediately, they feel like they can breathe again. And I didn't feel that that's something that I've continued to have to work on. Um, I have a cousin in the area who's a doctor of physical therapy in the Newport Beach area. And she started doing treatments on me within a few days, because um, she saw the surgery report and what he had said, and my implants were adhered to my ribs, which affected my ability to get a deep breath. And so the pleura, the lining of your lungs and my intercostal spaces were, um, I had a lot of scar tissue, so she's had to be working on breaking that down. And I still kind of have some shortness of breath, um, cause I haven't been able to get to her to get a little bit more worked on, but things like that are causes of the shortness of breath too. I didn't ever think, oh, my implants are adhered to my chest. Although I knew that they stopped moving as well. I wasn't able to, you know, they say, take your hands to the sides of your breast and push them in and kind of keep them moving. And mine stopped moving probably like a year and a half in. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. I went so... back within a year to see my original surgeon because the shape of my left breast had changed it was kind of flat along the bottom of it. I I had a straight line and he told me it was because I was more lean than I used to be. And I remember thinking, what, why would that affect anything? My other breast looks fine. And wouldn't that just make you see the round implant better? (laughs) Like, what are you talking about? And when they, yeah, when they took the capsules out, but it was clear to me, he wasn't going to do anything about it. So there was no point in arguing with him, but when they took the capsules out, you could see, the shape of the implant totally had gotten straight on that one side. And I saw the capsule and went, yep, that's what my boob looked like.
1: Wow. So what did the capsules look like? If you saw them, like when they took them out, what did they look like?
0: It kind of looks like some muscle on the top. If you were to look at what, you know, you look at an anatomy book and see the red tissue muscle of it. It looks like that. And then there are, there were some pieces of fat on it, I think, which were just some breast tissue that came off of it as well when he was um, taking them out. But they're, they're red and pink and just kind of look like tissue.
1: I was just curious if you could tell that there was like some kind of necrotic tissue or something no, that they actually, was, was angry looking.
0: I was fortunate that mine looked, um, they were healthy. He didn't see anything that was alarming to him as far as thinking he needed to send it off to pathology to see if there were any cancerous um, cells or anything. So that I feel lucky about, but you definitely saw that they um, had that the tissue was squeezing the implant and making it misshapen. And my body was definitely trying to protect me against those things. Well, cause
1: I know I, I'm not sure where I saw them, but I've seen pictures sometimes of the capsules that come out mm. of these and some of them look pretty rancid.
0: Oh my goodness. Some of them have these like hard flaky calcifications and just, yes, really, really gross looking. So, I mean, there's some women that he's removed because if you follow, um, I think it's J Chen one MD, but it's, his name is J A E and then C H U N. You can find him on Instagram. He posts um, the capsules that he removes. He doesn't obviously say who's or who's, but When I looked the day after my surgery at the four sets of capsules he removed, I knew which one was mine based on the shape. I thought those were the shape of my boobs and I was right, but he'll post them and you'll see him opening certain ones. And there's some that have like had their implants in them, some women for over 40 years and those tend to look pretty gross when they come out. Wow. So
1: you're a year post-surgery. Yeah. And- how many, you go back to this checklist that you
0: had, Yeah. how many of these symptoms
1: have resolved since you had your explant surgery?
0: Let me look over here. I'll go through them again and just kind of with my notes. Um, I just did a Instagram takeover for autoimmune paleo and kind of gave my, they allowed me to speak about my breast implant illness. I think it was about a little, before, maybe maybe like 14 months ago was when I did the first takeover. And I was so glad that they were willing to allow me to talk about that. Cause it's controversial for some. They're like, no, we want, we want our followers to know about it. So I was able to do another takeover and just did my annual update and kind of went over how my symptoms had improved there. So my fatigue is greatly reduced brain fog, brain fog is much better than it used to be. Um, however, I'm just going to give a little side note. I, was rear-ended at the beginning of this year and got a concussion. So that definitely affected that. But prior to that, it was much, much better. Um, My muscle and joint aches are at least 50% better. My hair loss is gone. I continue to have so many new baby hairs. Every time I go get my hair done, my hairdresser's like, there's even more. Dry eyes and hair are gone. My weight is absolutely stable. Um, I don't count macros anymore or have to do anything. And it's just totally... I feel like I'm back to my normal there. My temperature intolerance is heat no longer bothers me. I still do get cold, um, but never get bothered by heat. My libido is at least 50% better. Heart palpitations are gone, which those were one of my scariest um, symptoms. So to have those be gone is great. My shortness of breath is at least 50 to 75% better. The thrush is like 75% better. Night sweats are extremely rare. I don't have any more skin rashes. I sleep at least 75% better. My hormone imbalances are much, much better. They're not completely gone, but much better. My numb hands are only occurring in my right hand. So something we should probably chat about a little bit later is the fact that I did get some nerve damage from these implants um, and it tended to actually get worse after explant. Something got triggered. So I've been having a lot of issues with that, but it's, it's getting better. I do not have any more itchy breasts that's hundred percent gone. And it was gone right away. Um, cold hands and feet are at least seventy-five percent better. My dizziness is like 40 to 50% better. Um, urination, 40% better neck pain, 60% better. My eye swelling is 80% better. I don't have any more vision disturbances. Um, I am having no problem detoxing. Um, digestive issues are 70% better food intolerances better as well. Cause I'm able to eat a lot of things that I wasn't before chemical sensitivities, like 50% better. Candida I'd say is under control now throat cure- clearing is gone. I have no problem swallowing anymore. And my thyroid issues are perhaps the most exciting to me in that my thyroid medication has had to be, I can't say it's stable, but that's because it's in a good way. We've had to reduce my thyroid medication four times already. So, I'm getting that checked every four to six weeks because it tends to just keep getting better.
1: Wow, that's awesome! Yeah, that's so impressive. Yeah, um, especially I myself, I have Hashimoto's. Me too. Yeah. Um, and and uh, I was actually just diagnosed with PCOS yesterday. So, oh
0: goodness.
1: Um, uh, which I've always wondered, but. It was never caught. Uh, anyway, but, uh yeah, so uh I've had a couple things going on, and I know my thyroid just definitely is a battle, and a lot of outside stressors can affect that. So totally. I can see where the breast implant illness could definitely be a huge factor in getting that under right, control. Right,
0: and I don't expect my Hashimoto's to go away. Like I said, I had... I had Hashimoto's. I had celiac. Prior I had lichen sclerosis better. So I are prior so I don't expect that they're going to go away, but the fact that I'm able to have them be stable and control them and they're improving, I'm really happy with.
1: Yeah, absolutely. That's definitely an incredible thing with that. Mm-hmm. Um so you back to the nerve damage. So you said you do have some nerve damage left yes. over from this.
0: Which I mean I, in a funny way, like it concerned me, but I didn't really pay much attention to the fact that my arms would go numb when I was driving. So I didn't know what that was at the time. And it's, um, my understanding that it's thoracic outlet syndrome now I know. Um, and after surgery, I didn't seem to have any problems. The numbness seemed to go away. And then the summer we were on vacation and my right hand really started to hurt. And I just thought, Oh shoot, I'm getting older. I have arthritis. Both my parents have arthritis. Um, was having trouble opening jars, my just hand would really hurt when I made a fist, I couldn't really make a fist. And then it started slowly over the next few months moving up my arm, um, where I, I started wearing a brace at night, because I would wake up in the morning with my hand absolutely like curled under and just in so much pain. And I think I made some comments on Instagram and my cousin, like, texted me right away like what are you doing come see me you know this is related I'm like this is my arm how's it related to my breast and she's like it's all related I 100% know that this is a you know she was obviously started with your implants and then of course you stirred things up with the explant um and I have an impinged nerve which I've been going to physical therapy for since since talking to her and figuring out and then I went and spent a week with her where she worked on it and she made it so much better. Um, and then recently I actually, I'm going, had been going to someone here that she recommended just based off of their, their training. Um, and I haven't been going since this whole COVID thing. And I think my body kind of needed a little break because it's actually getting a little bit better and not going right now. Um, but it's been an issue. It's been an issue since July and, finally getting better, but it's something we've had to work at. And I guess that happens to some people. I have an impinged nerve up in my shoulder slash neck area, and it's it's affecting that.
1: Hmm. So
0: overall, though,
1: you definitely know that this was the right decision for you. And some things definitely major changes happened after you had your implants removed.
0: Yes, I do not regret my explant at all. I at least have I knew that I would at least have the peace of mind that they were out and that they weren't causing any more problems. I thought, okay, if I get them removed and nothing gets better, at least I have the peace of mind that knowing that they're gone and they won't continue to get older and degrade. And you know, when you get them put in, you're going to have to get them taken out at some point. And I just wanted them out and thought, okay, we'll see what happens. And it's gotten a lot better. So I'm very grateful That I was able to have Dr. Chen remove them. I'm just grateful that they're gone. I can't imagine being in my 60s and having to go through all of this, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So if somebody is concerned that this may have been developing with them, Mm -hmm. where do you recommend
0: that they start? I think a really good place to start is watch that video that Carissa Pukas put out on YouTube. She has a lot of good resources on there. Feel free to go to my Instagram and look at my saved story, starting with a breast implant illness one, and then working your way through. I have women that contact me all the time. They message me through Instagram and I'm more than happy to help and guide and direct that Facebook page of, um, breast implant illness and healing with Nicole is really helpful, um, I tended, I started there and then I got into Dr. Chun's private Facebook group and preferred to stay there. There tended to be, the other ones tended to be a little bit more scary. You would hear some more um, horror stories of people. I think that not everybody has the luxury of being able to choose maybe one of the best surgeons to go to. And sometimes people decide not to, and there tends to be some scary stories. They come out of that. And I didn't want to have that kind of energy when I was researching this. So I preferred Dr. Chun's private group. I think there are also some groups, um, just regionally. I think there's a Pacific Northwest group for it. So if you, you know, research breast implant illness on Facebook, you can find th- some things there. The, I can't remember the name of it. Um, the Facebook group, that breast implant illness healing, um, with Nicole also has a website. So um, she has a lot of information on there that she tries to keep updated on which surgeons have now been approved as far as she's concerned. Um, So I know there's a lot more surgeons on the list as far as who removes them correctly. Um, So that's a really good resource too. I I would encourage people to go to her website for that information.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Well, if we covered everything, I think that that pretty much wraps it up, but um I definitely wanted to hear your story and get some of that put out there because I mean, I I think some people it starts to cross their mind but they're they they don't know where to start with it right. and then, you know, there's so much it's so easy to self-doubt too, to be like, oh, am I being a hypochondriac or is there actually something going on with me?
0: Yeah. And I think the only other thing I want to touch on is the fact that once you get your implants removed, I wouldn't consider yourself done. Um, Implants are notoriously high in chemicals and heavy metals. Most women that get implants also have a lot of um, systemic fungal infections as a result, because candida is something that tends to get this very bad rap right everybody thinks oh candida it's horrible well candida protects us against heavy metals so the candida in your body when you have implants is actually holding on to those heavy metals to keep them from going to nasty places in your body so after we have the implants removed we need to work carefully you need to wait at least 30 days after removal but then you need to start working on detox so that's something that i would encourage people to look into because you could let your body slowly try to do it on their own, but it there's different therapies out there that are really helpful for just kind of helping your body get those fungal infections and heavy metals out so that you can feel better faster.
1: What kind of resources would that look like to somebody? Um, is there Is this instruction that you receive from your doctor post surgery? Or is there another resource that's a good resource to um, look into uh, post-surgery?
0: Well, if you tend to have, or if you go to like a functional medicine practitioner, that's someone that I would talk to about this. You don't get a lot of instructions from like Dr. Chun did not give a lot of instructions other than don't do any detox for 30 days, you know. Um, so I would encourage someone to go to a practitioner to help them with this because it tends to be very individual. There are tests that can be run through like Great Plains Laboratories and things like that to see if you have mycotoxin illness, to see if you have heavy metals, and then something can be put together specifically for you. Um, I have helped people through this, but there are a lot of practitioners out there to go to. There are people that also try to just do their own research on their own. And then do it sauna. If you can work through that on your own sauna with, um, certain binders that help bind the heavy metals and then you sweat them out. I have found IV therapy to be very helpful. I wished it was covered by insurance, but it's not. So that tends to get expensive. Red light therapy is very helpful. Just, um, you could do Dr. Jess on Instagram has a lot of information about what she calls kill, bind, sweat. Um, Biobotanical resources has, I think, there's probably a lot of your followers that have probably heard of biocidin. They have some protocols out there that there are certain practitioners that have been um, trained in. If if you're in this field, you can get trained in that through them. And that's super helpful to get, you know, latent viruses and systemic fungal infections and heavy metals out of your body. But I, I do encourage people to do some more proactive detox and not just say, oh, my body will take care of it because you will feel better faster if you're able to do that.
1: Awesome. Well,
0: I love that you are able to share all this
1: information and that you are um, spreading the word about this so that people have a resource, you know, if they're if they're considering that they do have an issue. Yeah. And I'm so appreciative for you coming on and talking about it today. If people want to find
0: you, um, how do they go about doing that? My Instagram is fit underscore nutrition. You could also look up um, my name, Gretchen saying it's T like Tom S like Sam E and like Nancy G. I used to be a Johnson before. And then I got a hard, hard last name when I got married, but um, you can find me through Instagram. I also have a website that I don't update regularly, but you could go to fitquestnutrition.com and find my nutrition information on there as well.
1: Awesome. Thank you so yeah, much for coming for, on. I so appreciate it. This. Yeah, it's wonderful. Wonderful. So keep spreading the good word. You I appreciate too. it.
0: Yeah. Thank you.
1: Well, that about wraps up my episode with Gretchen. I'm so thankful that she came on and talked about her journey because I think as a woman, this can be an extremely sensitive subject. And so I'm glad that she's speaking out and hopefully empowering other women to take charge of their health. And if they do have things that are unexplained that are going on, they actually know that there could be a reason behind that that is not some other, um, disease or, uh, health related problems. So, um, anyway, if you need to get in contact with her, I will place her information in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in until next time, everybody.